G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The Christian life should not be up and down. The Christian life should be in and out. You meet some Christians, they're up one day, oh, the Lord's so good, good. Next day, I don't even know if there's a God. Come on, stop it. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us find consistency and fervency in our faith and helps us to export it. It should be in and out, in for worship, out for service. And you go out into that world to be a world changer. This is the day when the lost are found. downs are the enemy of Christian growth. It takes consistent forward momentum to make progress in our walk with God. And yet we see a number of our spiritual forefathers had ups and downs. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us the ups and downs in the life of David. He's known for two stories, his great victory over Goliath and his great fall with Bathsheba. Today we'll learn from his mistakes and chart a course for consistency in our own walk of faith. passages today, 2 Samuel 11 and Psalm 32. 2 Samuel 11 and Psalm 32. And the title of the message is The Ups and Downs and Ups of a World Changer. The character we're going to look at in this message, well, everyone knew his story. And it's interesting because in Hebrews 11, very little is said about him. In fact, his name is mentioned, but everyone knew the story of this man I'm talking about, King David, 2 Samuel 11. The following spring, the time of the year when kings go to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to destroy the Ammonites, and in the process they laid siege to the city of Rabbah. David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon, David got out of bed after taking a nap and went for a stroll on the roof of his palace. He looked over that city and he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was and he was told she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent for her and when she came to the palace he slept with her. Then she returned home and when Bathsheba discovered she was pregnant she sent a message to inform David. We'll stop there. David was around 50 at this point. He had been ruling Israel for 20 years. He had gone from victory to victory. He had distinguished himself in so many ways. Man of God, skilled musician, gifted poet, writing psalms of praise, a wise and compassionate ruler, and a man of great courage. He was on an absolute roll. And that's when the devil hit him. (laughs) He sees the beautiful Bathsheba bathing herself. And by the way, Uh, When the Bible says something, that a man was strong, that a woman was beautiful, 
The Bible does not exaggerate. This means that Bathsheba was incredibly attractive. Actually the word used for her here, beautiful, translated beautiful, is from the Hebrew word uh, babido foxido. <laughs> you probably never heard that Hebrew word. Babido foxido, she was a babe, she was a fox. Can't made all that up. Okay, I think she was a babe, I think she was a fox, but there's no word that babido foxido. But you can use that name to name your child if you want. <laughs> Maybe your dog, I'm not sure. You know what, name a cat that. That's, it'd be a good punishment for them. <laughs> so he couldn't have avoided the first look. I mean, there it is, boom, okay. Walking around, kicking back, filled with lust. There's the beautiful Bathsheba. It's usually not the first look that gets us into trouble, it's a second look, right? You know what I'm talking about? You look, you huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> David's first look was probably a really long one, drinking it in. Oh my. Who is that woman? So one of his servants comes up, verse 3. She's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Man, you're going to give this servant credit. He knew exactly what was going on with David. He knew David was a womanizer. And he knew what David saw. Uh, excuse me, sire. Uh, she is the wife of Uriah the Hittite. In other words, she's married and you're married. So forget about it. Yeah, whatever. Bring her up here right now. He gave the order. And now he's in a mess of a situation. But okay, don't do it. He does it. Roadblock number one. He goes for it. And now, of course, uh, Bathsheba lets him know that uh, she's pregnant. Roadblock number two. Now you've already done it. Repent. Maybe tell Uriah what you've done. Confess to Bathsheba, maybe the kingdom, you know. But he didn't do that. I mean, he didn't call, you know, the press corps of Israel and say, I didn't have sex with that woman. I... <laughs> That's a wrong story. I got confused. Okay. <laughs> he wasn't coming clean. Instead of just saying, all right, Lord, I sinned, I'm sorry. No, he has an idea. I know what I'll do. <laughs> I'll bring Uriah back from the battle. He'll go spend the night with his wife and he'll think it's his kid, not mine. So he gives the order, bring Uriah back. Uriah comes back. He's sent to his home, but he's such a courageous guy, he can't bear the thought of having this wonderful luxury of being with his wife while his fellow soldiers are still in the front lines of the battle. So he sleeps outside of his house the first night. David thinks, oh great, I have some do-gooder. He gets him drunk, sends him home. Still Uriah will not sleep with his wife. Another roadblock, but David won't give up. He says to his general, send a charge against the enemy and have everyone fall back and leave Uriah by himself, which happens and Uriah is killed in battle. The word comes back, Uriah is dead. Yes. Okay, I'm going to marry Bathsheba. No one will ever know. Ah, the Lord knew. And the Bible tells us that our sin will find us out. And we read here that this thing that he had done displeased the Lord. Second Samuel eleven twenty-seven. Okay, man, David is messing up so bad. You're saying, wait, he's a world changer? This is horrible. I know. He, and, but you know, here's why he was still a man after God's heart. Despite this, here's why. 
because he was miserable. And he did repent. Should have done it sooner, but he did repent. See, a person who really isn't a man or a woman of God will live in sin without guilt and they won't repent. A person who is really a man or woman of God will live in guilt when they're sinning and they will eventually get right with God. And that's who David was. He was still the man after the heart of God. So what happened after David repented? And what does that mean for us today? Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA, is speaking about the ups and downs and ups of a world changer. Let's pick up the story just after David's fall, sinning with Bathsheba. Now it's time for his comeback. We've seen his rise, his fall. Now the comeback of a world changer. Go to Psalm 32. I had you turn there as well. Psalm 32. And he wrote this in the aftermath of being confronted by God. And he says, Oh, what joy for those whose rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin, whose lives are in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable and groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water and the summer heat. Selah. By the way, the word Selah means pause and think about it. So if this were a song, it would be like an instrumental break. And the point of the Selah was to contemplate what had just been said. So David's saying, think about this, ponder it. This is how miserable I was, Selah. Finally, I confessed my sins to the Lord. I stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I'll confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. Psalm 32 describes the futility and misery of sin that is unconfessed. For 12 months, David fought the conviction of the Holy Spirit and was not experiencing God's presence as he had before. Was he still in a relationship with God? Yes. Was he in fellowship with God? No. But when he was confronted, he repented. And you know what's interesting? How the Lord dispatches a prophet. This time it's the prophet Nathan. And the Lord waited until David was ready to come clean. So Nathan wants an appointment. He gets one immediately. That's what happens when you're a prophet. Shows up and says, uh, Sire, I have a story to tell you. Something going on in the kingdom you need to be aware of. Okay? Speak on. All right. There's this guy. He's very poor. He has one little baby lamb. He loves the lamb. The lamb eats off his plate. He, he, it sits at the table. It's like a family pet. He loves this lamb like a daughter. Anyway, there's this other guy. He's really rich. He has a bunch of sheep, a bunch of cattle. So this other guy has a friend coming to town to visit him who wants to have dinner. And so instead of slaying one of his many sheep, he kills the guy's lamb who has one little baby lamb. What should be done to a man that would do that? David's blood is beginning to boil. He's gripping his throne and he says he should restore four times what he's taken and he should be put to death. Kind of overkill? I mean it's bad but death? Put him to death. Nathan points his finger in David's face and says you are the man. You the man. (laughs) You the man, man. (laughs) I just described you. That didn't even happen. You're like the guy who had the many sheep and the many cattle and you took Uriah's wife and then you had him killed so now David is 
sinned and he's committed adultery and he's effectively committed murder. But then I love what happens there. It says that David repented of his sin. Okay, so the prophet said, the sword will never depart from your house. God forgave David, but he still faced repercussions for his sin. So know this. If I go out and rob a bank this afternoon, you read about it in your Twitter feed, Pastor Greg robs bank. I won't be preaching the next Sunday. (laughs) Now if I repent of my sin, will God forgive me? Yes, but I'm going to jail and probably to prison, all right? So if you go out and you commit a sin and you say, God forgive me, He will forgive you. You'll be restored to immediate fellowship with Him again, but you could still face some of the repercussions of your sin. In David's case, he saw it played out in the lives of his children. His sons and daughters behaved badly. They rebelled against him and they did some of the very things that he himself did. So he lost a lot of moral authority there. But having said that, he was forgiven by God and he made his way into the messianic line. He got himself in the Christmas story. Okay, let's test your Bible knowledge. Where was Jesus born? Very good. (laughs) Bethlehem. Why was Jesus born in Bethlehem? Because that's where David lived. And Christ was from the root and offspring of David, you see, both through Mary and Joseph. So our Lord was born there in Bethlehem because this is the hometown of David. So David's in the most exclusive genealogy in human history. And guess who else made it into that genealogy? Bathsheba. What? How did she get in there? Well, that's called the grace of God, isn't it? How did I get my sin forgiven? God's grace was extended to me. I didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. But the Lord gave it to us freely. And for that we say, Lord, thank you. It's an amazing thing. So God gives second chances. Yeah, David fell. He fell big. But he came back and he came back strong. And that's what we want to do. We want to admit our sin to God. See, here's the problem. We have ups and downs in our life. I've called this message the ups and the downs and the ups of a world changer. The Christian life should not be up and down. The Christian life should be in and out. I know some of the guys are thinking, mmm, in and out burger. No, I don't mean in and out burger. It should be in and out, not up and down. You meet some Christians, they're up one day, oh, the Lord's so good, good. Next day, I don't even know if there's a God. I, I don't. Next day, I'm a great serving God. Next day is, I don't, come on, stop it. It's not up and down, it's in and out. You say, what do you mean in and out? In for worship, out for service. Jesus said in John 10, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They'll come in and go out and find pasture. So we're in for worship. Here we are today. We're getting refueled. We're getting fed. We're getting perspective. We're worshiping. We're serving. We're giving. That's coming in. Now we go out. Listen, the holiest moment of this church service is when you walk out those doors and you go out into that world to be a world changer. And the only way you're going to be a world changer is if your world is changed first. And I wonder if there's some of you here today who don't even have a relationship with God yet. 
I mentioned that statement by Jesus where he said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Listen, there's only one way into a relationship with God. There's only one road that leads to heaven and that is the road through Jesus Christ because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no man comes to the Father but by me. You say, well, that seems so narrow. Yeah, it's narrow. It's a narrow road that leads to life. And you know what? Few there are that find it. That's what Jesus said. But listen, the reason Jesus is the only way to the Father is Jesus was God walking among us and he was the only one qualified to die for us on the cross. And that's what he did. He died in our place and took all of our sins upon himself. And that's why today I don't have to stand here facing the consequences of my sin because Jesus died for me. And he died for you. And he rose again from the dead three days later. And he's with us here right now. And he's ready to come into your life if you'd like him to. David could have lived in sin. David could have ended in sin. But he came to the Lord. He came back to the Lord, I should say, in his case. But you can be forgiven of your sin. And the Bible says if you will confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But listen to this. God cannot forgive the sin that we will not confess. So you have to say, Lord, I'm sorry. David had to say, I'm sorry, God. And you have to say, Jesus, come into my life and he'll do that for you today. And you can leave here today knowing your life is right with God. And there might be some of you that have been flirting with the sin we've been talking about, sexual sin. It might be something else. But whatever it is, you need to get right with God. You need to repent. I encourage you to do that today as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word to us. Now help us respond. And I pray for any that are here or are watching that do not know you in a personal way. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and convince them of their sin and bring them to yourself now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. closing prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie. And if you'd like to do that, to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, today's a great day. And Pastor Greg would love to help you with that right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And if you would like to ask Christ to come into your life as your Savior and your Lord, I would ask you to stop what you're doing and pray with me. And as you pray this prayer after me, this is a prayer of asking Christ to come into your life. So pray this with me now. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I know that I've broken your commandments, and I'm sorry for it. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. Now, Lord, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Fill me with your Spirit and help me to follow you from this day forward. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, you may have felt something wonderful happen. Then again, you may have felt nothing. But I want you to know on the authority of God's word, if you meant that prayer from your heart, God has forgiven you. For he promises, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks, Pastor Greg.
and we'd love to help you to begin to grow in your new faith. We want to send you some resource materials we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer some of the questions you might have and get you started off right. So get in touch for your New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-005011. Now, have you ever wondered how long your life will last? Pastor Greg Laurie says your life will last exactly as long as God planned it from the very beginning. More on that tomorrow as Pastor Greg continues his World Changes series right here on A New Beginning. Now, if you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, it is available on CD from Vision Christian Store. Search The Ups and Downs and Ups of a World Changer at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-005011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.